Hello, I'm Scott Millis, senior pastor here at Living Word Family Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and equips you in your walk with Christ. Here's today's message. Hey, folks. Welcome to another Wednesday night. Uh, we weren't here last week. We had in-person Wednesday night, first week and uh, first Wednesday on, of each month. We have a uh, regular service here, and uh, but I'm back tonight. Um, uh, a couple weeks ago, we prayed, uh, did uh, the sermon was on uh, prayer, fervent prayer actually, and uh, that's what we need to be doing today. God's up to some marvelous things, but we need we got to be on board with what He wants to do, and we got to be in the flow of what what He wants to do. You know. When that church was first birthed, the church was first birthed back in 2,000 years ago, they were, they were people of prayer. And over in Luke 18.1, you've heard these, a lot of these scriptures before, but I'm going to bring them up again because we're living in such a time that we need to have fervent prayer. We need to have people that are praying, continually to pray, continue to pray, because we want to see God move. I don't know about you. I, I don't want to be status quo. I don't want just a little bit of God. I want to see as much of him move as much as he wants to move on the earth. And he does want to move. Amen. And he's doing marvelous things. <clears throat> I don't want to be one of those as a Christian and said, well, they were doing more, uh, uh, wonderful things over in this country and they were having revival over here and they were having this and that. And we, we are not a part of it. We want to be a part of what God's doing on the earth today. Now in Luke 18, 1, it says Jesus is getting ready to say a parable, and he says men ought always to pray and faint not. And in other words, you can do a lot of things when you're out praying. You can turn coward. You, you don't take advantage of what God wants you to do. You can faint. You can lose heart. How many even people know when you don't pray and ask God to help you, you can lose heart. You can, you can get, go astray. You can give up. How many of you know we're not to give up? Amen. We're not in that day and that hour, but we see Jesus. We get, we the disciples. And I'll mention this here in a minute. But what did they see Jesus do? Every time they saw something miraculous happen, he was what off praying. He would he would steal away and go pray. And he always said, "I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only you know I only say what the Father tells me to say or say you know." So he knows he knows he had to pray. If he had to pray, we have to pray. Now we find him here over in Matthew 26, <clears throat> and he's in the garden uh, getting ready to go to the cross. And uh, it, here it is in verse 40. Let's go to verse 35 first. Uh, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to the disciples, Sit here while I go, over, go and pray over there. What was he going to do? He was going to go pray. He was in the garden. He was going to go pray. And he took with him uh, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply depressed, uh, distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Watch and pray. Amen. That's what we're to do. Watch and pray. Be a part of what God's doing. He wanted his disciples there to be a part of what he was doing. Help him as he was entering into this place of distress and hard place for him. And it goes on to say, he went a little further 
and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus was always doing the will of the Father. You know, when we begin to pray, we can even do hard things according to the will of the Father if we'll pray. He, he was praying to get the strength and the grace and, the, and the, the, the power to do what he needed to do. Then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? <laughs> How many times you start to pray and you fall asleep? I've done it many times. I, I'm, I'm guilty of it, and I imagine you are too. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't pray. and We shouldn't take the opportunities to pray. But he goes on to say, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he goes on to say again, if this cup, uh, if this cup cannot pass for me unless I drink of it, you will be done. And it goes on. There's other scriptures there. But listen, Jesus was praying to the Father. He did that. He, that was his pattern. That was his way of life. You know, it's, it's amazing that people, and I've done this myself, will try to do something for God without, without getting any direction or any instruction from him. That's why we need to pray. We want to follow what the, the, the heart of God, uh, the presence of God, and the Spirit of God to do what we need to do. That's why when we do, we get our marching orders. And when we get our marching orders from him, we can do what he says we can do. He empowers us to do it. But when we try to get out in front of him or go our own way, it doesn't work, my friends. <laughs> it never ends up working. Then it go, we find over in John 17, we'll turn over there, Jesus was all about prayer, was he not? And in John 17, uh, that's Jesus on the hotline again. Uh, John 17, and he's praying for his disciples, and he's praying for all of us, really. And in verse 20, well, he'd been praying for his the disciples that had been with him. But in verse 20, do you know he's, he is praying for us today? He says, I do not pray for these alone, but for all, also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that you may also be in one, one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. God wants us to be in unison with him, wants us to be in, in, incorporated in the, into the plan and purpose he has for mankind. And in order to do that, we have to pray. Now, and over in Hebrews 7.25, he's the high priest of prayer. He's, it says he's for high priest forever making intercession for us. So he's still praying for us. He's sitting at the right hand of the God the Father making intercession for us. Can you imagine that? Tonight, Jesus is praying for us. Hallelujah. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to be uh, in the flow of what he wants to do on the earth. He wants us to be... Uh, uh, be uh, uh, part of the, what the kingdom of God is doing here on the earth. Amen? Amen. But in, in his model prayer, you know, they, they said uh, uh, over in Luke 11, let's go back to that real quick. They saw Jesus do so many miracles, did they not? The, the disciples, <clears throat> those ones that were with him for three and a half years, they saw him raise the dead, cast out devils, feed the five the thousands, uh, 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 you know, just all sorts of things. And then in Luke 
18.1, or 11.1, I'm sorry. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now you would have thought they would have said, show us how to do these miracles. Show us how to cast out devils. No, he showed them. They, they were there. But what did they see? Uh, why did they, did they think uh, to ask him to show us how to pray? Teach us to pray, right? Because they saw whenever he went to pray, he came back and he did marvelous things, wonderful things. Amen? Amen. We know that in that that prayer I just uh, talked about in, in Matthew where he was in the Gethsemane, uh, the, the garden, and praying, he was praying so he could have the uh, the power to go to the cross. And so we have to know that too. But And then they said, they gave the model prayer, our Father in heaven. So you always acknowledge God first. You always acknowledge the Father first. Anytime you go to pray, it's Father, <laughs> our Father. He, the same Father that Jesus has is our Father. Amen? You may not have had a good earthly Father. You may not even know who he was, but you got a good heavenly Father. And hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Isn't that what we want? We want his kingdom to be filled in this place, in this world today. We want uh, overflow and a flood of people moved into the kingdom of God, out of the power of the kingdom of darkness. Amen? Amen. On earth, is your will be done on earth as it is, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us, us day by day our daily bread, or give us this day our daily bread. Why did he say give us this day? Because we need to depend on him every day for everything. You know, sometimes we can get so much, we, we get affluent or we get blessed so much that we forget about him. He doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to come to him and to depend on him. I mean, even though you want to be dependent, <laughs> not independent, but dependent on, on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And forgive our sins. I mean, even though it's important, Lord, David said, search my heart, O God, and see if there be any wicked way or any sin in me that I might not sin against you. How many of you know we need to forgive us of our sins? And you say, well, I'm a Christian. I never sinned. Listen, we've all missed the mark. We've all, all done things even after we became Christians. We ask God to forgive us. That's 1 John 1, 9. If you go there and read that for yourself. If you say you have no sin, then you make him out a liar because we have we can sin in word, thought, or deed. Pretty easy, right? And we also, goes on to say, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So which, so they, this was the model prayer, but he, they said, teach us to pray. Why? Because if we're going to do what God says for the church to do, how many of you know you're in a commission, you have a commission? Uh, go over and read Mark 16. Amen. <laughs> go into all the world, preach the gospel, uh, uh, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils. This is still for us today. It's not just for a few in the pulpit or not just a few in the church. It's for everybody that's been born again and is filled with his spirit is to go do what he called us to do. That mission has never changed and it will not change till he comes again. So, so he prays for us he, and then they said, teach us to pray, and they learn how to pray. So that's the first church. Now, the first church is in the upper room. How do they act? They're, well, we know that in Acts chapter 1. Uh, let me forget that real quick. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Acts chapter 1, verse 14. The, these all continued with one accord in the upper room. He said go. they went to this upper room, 120, and they continued with one accord in what? In prayers and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and it with his brothers. Then we find over in Acts 2, 4, you know, uh, 2, uh, 1 through 4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. They all filled with the Spirit of God so they could go do what Jesus had been doing. The works that I do shall you do also, and even greater works. He's telling them, the time that for me that was the, the part, but you're going to be able to do what I did. Amen. But you cannot do it without being able to pray, without not being able to be filled with the Spirit of God, so you can be led by the Spirit of God. And then uh, we find over later, we find Peter. Here's Peter, and after they've been praying, he's speaking uh, 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 the gospel to these people after they were filled. Uh, they told him the word of God. Now when they had heard this, they were cut to their heart. Uh, he told them that they had the one that crucified Jesus. Amen. Uh, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord Je or Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and that you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and all those who are afar off, afar off as many as the Lord will call. Then it goes on, they gather together, the church is growing, exploding, and then what are they doing? Here they are. They're, it says, they continued, uh, those who were gladly received his word were baptized, and they was about 3,000 souls were added, and they continued steadfastly. What steadfastly? That means they were, they were solid. They were, they were, uh, they were uh, how do I want to say it, steadfastly just means that, I guess. It, it means that they, they didn't turn back. They, they kept pressing on. Uh, Paul said, uh, forgetting those things that lie behind, I press forward, I press on. This is what we're to do. We're to press on this day and hour. Oh, well, I go to church. No, the key is uh, we'll become the church. And you can't become the church unless you pray and seek the Lord. Amen. But they continued steadfastly in what? In the apostles' doctrine, in other words, the word of God, and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and here's here's the key, and in prayers. Do you know they probably had some marvelous prayer meetings in those days? <laughs> I got a feeling they had a marvelous prayer meeting. They were baptized in the spirit, they spoke with other tongues, and I have to believe that they were so excited about what God was doing that they, they when they came together, it, it was like a party. It was a Holy Ghost party. Amen. So this is what they were doing. So we see that in Acts chapter uh, 2. Right after that, right after that, and then in the next chapter, of course, we know this is a letter. In the next chapter, what happens? Peter and John go up to the gate beautiful and, and heal the, the lame man. And Peter says this, silver and gold have I do not have, but what such as I have I given to you, uh, give you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. That man rose up and walked. They had been in prayer meetings, my friends. They had been in fellowshipping one to another. That's why it's important for us to get together. I've said it many times. Uh, many things are caught more than taught. In other words, you get around people who know how to pray and people have got faith, you're going to catch some things. And, and that's what 
when you get they got together, that's what happened. Uh, it also says, goes on to say, they were, of course, we know this scripture, they were interrogated, talk, took before the, the, the hierarchy, the, the priests and the Sanhedrin and all those people. And in and, and Acts chapter 4, they were talking about that. And then I find it always amazing that in, in verse 13 of Acts chapter 4, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and realized that they had been with Jesus. How can you be with Jesus if you don't pray, if you don't worship, you don't read the word? You can't be with Jesus. You can hear about him. You can maybe know a little bit about him, but you want to know him. These people, these Peter and John, when they're being interrogated, they recognized there was something different about these dudes. And not only did that lame man walk, get up and walk, but here they are being able to stand before this group of people, interrogating them and having the words to say, and yet they were uneducated and untrained men. They hadn't been to seminary. They hadn't been to Bible school, probably. <laughs> no probably to it. But they had been with the master. And here they are doing the work that Jesus said to do. Amen? So that's important. We need to know that. Well, we know the next part of this story. I'm always, I always love Acts chapter 4. Uh, it goes on to say, uh, when they asked, told them not to speak about Jesus anymore, don't bring that name up. You know, it still offends a lot of people today. They don't want to hear about Jesus. Listen, you can pray in a lot of names, but don't pray in the name of Jesus or, or you're going to get a lot of flack from a lot of people. Sometimes even in the church, what was supposed to be the church, not the remnant church, my friends. For, but they said this, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Hallelujah. What have you seen and heard? You've seen people get, uh, you may have been around in meetings where people have gotten saved, filled with the Spirit of God, healed, delivered, set free. But we can only speak because it was Jesus causing that to come to pass. But they were told not to. And then they were let go. And being let go, they went back to their what? Their own companions. They went back to the people that were believing like they were believing in faith and, and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they had prayed or heard that, they raised their voice to God. Isn't it amazing? They raised their voice to God immediately. They didn't start belly aching, crying, moaning, groaning. They were raised, raised their voice to God with one accord. That means they were in unity. Listen, you want power in the church? Let's get in unity, my friends. Let's only have divisions and schisms and, 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 and critical spirits. Let's get in unity. Let's get in the flow of what God wants to do. Amen? And he said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and, and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, now they quoted Acts chapter 2, uh, uh, Proverbs, uh, Proverbs. Uh, Psalms chapter 2. Why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod, anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determines before to be done. Now look on their threats. See, we live in a world that's full of threats today. What are we going to do? We're going to call out to God. We're going to begin to pray. We're going to begin to say who he is 
and then begin to walk in it. And he goes on to say, Now look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. What did these people just see about Peter and John? <laughs> when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned, untrained men, they knew they'd been with Jesus. Amen? We can all be that way. We can all be that way. By st stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And listen, when you begin to pray like that, when you begin to have prayer meetings like that, listen to what happened. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Amen. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, or Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. You know, we talk about revivals today. Uh, that we're seeing it in some of the colleges around here. We're seeing things happen. You want to see things happen? Begin to pray. Begin to pray with uh, with fervency, with uh, uh, hot boiling prayers. Amen. Uh, begin to pray. Begin, God, pour out your spirit. Do a mighty work in our midst. And when you begin to pray like that, the place can be shaken. In other words, when I think it's shaken, revival is coming. Revival is here. Revival is working through our uh, our midst. Amen. Now it goes on to say, uh, down in verse 33, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. It says some other things there, but basically when they prayed, God gave them boldness. They began to uh, be able to go out and preach some more, see more people come into the kingdom. If we want boldness, if we want the power of God and the grace of God to do what he's called us to do, we must pray. Amen. Amen. I know. And then we find over in different Acts chapter 12, Peter was put in, uh, we only got much time tonight, but Acts chapter 12, read it for yourself. Uh, uh, verse 5 through 12, Peter was put in prison, but it says, then constant prayer was made for him. Then he was, the angel came and he got out of prison. Amen. Isn't that amazing? What can happen? Acts chapter 6, we see the disciples, uh, they were, uh, in Acts chapter 6, they, they picked seven men of good report because they they were getting, uh, all the apostles were working and serving tables and the widows and all this other work, and they weren't too good to do it, but but they needed to spend more time uh, with the Lord. So they, uh, they, they asked for seven men of good report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, and they when they found those men, they said, well, give us those people because we want to spend more time in, in, the, in the word and in prayer. Amen. You can have the word. If you don't pray, you can't have the power to fulfill that word. So it's important. Then, then it, it goes on to talk about how we should act like that afterwards, how we should live our life according to, uh, to what he's called us to do. We arm up. Uh, I'll go over and read Ephesians chapter 6, how we're to put this armor on so we can pray effectively and pray in, with power and with, pray with strength. Uh, you know, so we're, we're to know those things over in James 5, 16, you've heard this before. We're to, uh, we're to have fervent prayer. The, the, the prayers of a righteous man, the fervent prayers of a righteous man avail much. Well, what's that fervent mighty in a, and avails it be, it be a force to have power, have strength to overcome ex extraordinary deeds be able to do extraordinary deeds. How many of you know we're to be doing those deeds today? Amen? Let me read a couple quotes real, real quick. We're about to uh, run out of time. 
From the day of Pentecost, there has been not been one great spiritual awakening in any land which did not begin in a union, union of prayer. Through only one or two or three, no such outward, upward movement has continued after such prayer meetings declined. You know, in other words, when, it, when we quit praying, we're not going to see the move of God. We're not going to see revival because he, he expects us to come to him and stand in the gap for those that are lost, hurting, dying, and dying. Uh, here's what Ian Bounds says. God's cause is committed to men. How many men and women? You know that. God commits himself to men. Praying men or women are the vice regents of God. They do his work and carry out his plans. In other words, where to pray. Prayer, Samuel Chadwick says this. Chadwick says this. Prayer is the acid test of devotion. Here's what Finney said. Revival is no more a miracle than a crop of wheat. Revival comes from heaven when heroic souls enter the conflict determined to win or die. If need be, to win and die. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I believe it's by prayer. Amen? Amen. Now one more before we close out here. Here, This is... Uh, uh, um, this is uh, the, the, Mary Booth, and uh, her husband was General Booth of, of the Salvation Army. Oh, for a heart that is burdened, infused with a passion to pray. Oh, for a stirring within me. Oh, for his power every day. Oh, for his heart, for a heart like my Savior, who being in agony prayed such caring of, for others. Lord, give me on my heart. Let, let burdens be laid. My father, I long for passion to pour myself out for the lost, to lay down my life to save others, to pray whatever the cost. Lord, teach me. Oh, teach me the secret. I'm hungry this, uh, hungry, this lesson to learn. The, this, passionate, this passionate passion for others. For this, bless Jesus, I yearn. Father, this lesson I long for, from, for thee. Oh, let thy spirit revive, reveal this to me. In other words, she was a woman of prayer. Where would be people of prayer? Amen. Start tonight. Start tonight. Just start praying, calling out to God. He listens to the heart of those that are crying out to him. Amen. And he'll answer your prayer. Amen. When it's according to what his word says. And he has so many things his word will tell us to do. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you've given us a a mandate, a charge, a, 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 and we're to, we're to call out on you and, and know that you're always there. May we be a people of prayer. May we begin to see the power of God move mightily in the church and, and, and to the lost. In Jesus' name, let it be so. May we be, not be found wanting, but we'll be found saying that, God, you loved us and you helped us and you, you taught us how to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Been good to be with you. I'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you enjoyed today's message, consider sharing it with a friend. For more content and information about Living Word, check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. And remember to live the gospel and preach the gospel.